Hello, and welcome to the Doctors Washington Podcast. On this episode, we discuss post-COVID conditions often referred to as long COVID or long-haul COVID. As it stands, currently about 220 million people globally have been infected with COVID-19 and there have been about 5 million deaths worldwide. While a lot of media attention is focused on the acute cases and death, many who've had COVID have not fully recovered. Many people have long-term complications after recovering from the original infection, even if their case of COVID-19 was considered relatively mild. So let's talk about long COVID, also called long-haul COVID or post-infectious COVID syndrome. Let's talk about what it is exactly. Long COVID is defined as symptoms occurring for more than 12 weeks after an infection, whether severe or mild, that cannot be explained by another case. What are the symptoms of long COVID? So symptoms of long COVID include extreme fatigue, shortness of breath, heart palpitations or fluttering, chest pain or tightness, problems with memory and concentration, sometimes called brain fog, changes in smell or taste, and some joint pain. In light of those things, are there any other uh, symptoms of long COVID? Yeah, it really seems like long COVID can have any number of symptoms that affect different people in different ways. Um, I've also heard about patients having long COVID that have hallucinations, insomnia. Some people have hearing and vision changes. There have been some short-term memory loss reported, as well as speech and language issues. Some people can really behave as if they have had a stroke. Um, So that can be really serious. Also, other people report that the symptoms can get worse after extremely um, rigorous physical or mental activity. Um, And then, of course, there's also the diarrhea, the rash, the dizziness on standing. There have also been some reported changes in the menstrual cycle and also what we call paresthesias, which is like a pin and needle sensation that you can have in your extremities. Um, So Dr. Kim, tell us what causes long COVID. Honestly, we don't know. And um, we've got some theories, but we don't have any real evidence. And again, long COVID is a relatively new diagnosis, right? So we didn't have this a year and a half ago. We didn't have this really a year ago um, that we could truly define and improve that was going to last for a while. So one of the thoughts or one of the theories is that um, after your acute COVID infection, your immune system kind of goes into overdrive. And so it starts attacking cells that it shouldn't attack, thinking that these things are not um, your normal cells. They think that it's in some way foreign to you. And so that can cause some of the issues. So for example, your immune system does this to certain parts of your brain. It can cause brain fog or difficulty concentrating or if it goes to other if it does that to other parts of the body then it can it can cause similar dysfunction to those organs additionally another theory is that this virus acts like your the herpes virus or some other viruses that can be latent in your in your cells meaning the herpes virus for example as you as many of you know um, can lie dormant in your nerve cells 
And so you get you can get symptoms of these viruses years after you've had the virus. If for some reason your immune system isn't up to par. Um, It's the reason why people can get fever blisters on their lips when they get a cold, because that virus is latent in those nerves and um, just waiting there. Same thing, shingles, um, uh, chickenpox. So that's the reason why you have shingles is because you got chickenpox when you were a child, the virus rang dormant and you developed um, uh, symptoms 40, 50 years later. We're not 100% sure that this is how COVID works. It may not work this way, but we're just throwing out theories at this point until we can get a true explanation for what's causing it. Um, Dr. Jasmine, how common is long COVID? That's a great question, especially since we're spending time to really make a whole episode to discuss it. But it's very difficult to say. I'm sure many people um, who could be listening may know uh, individuals that have been affected with COVID that still have some symptoms, you know, loss of, of um, a loss of smell or, you know, hearing changes or various different things. Um, research suggests that um, you are at increased risk of uh, having long COVID as you get older or as you, as you have an increased age. And then that it also appears to be twice as likely to happen in women. So um, there has been a little bit of research um, in you know what populations are more affected with long COVID, but at this stage, it's really early to say because, as Dr. Kimberly mentioned, um, you know this is a new syndrome that wasn't really out there a year or a year and a half ago. wasn't recognized um, in that period of time. And so I know we've talked about some of the symptoms of long COVID um, and how common it is, but how is it really diagnosed, Dr. Latanya? That's a really good question. Unfortunately, there is no specific test for long COVID. It is what we consider a diagnosis of exclusion, meaning that you would seek medical care and your medical team would rule out all other possible diagnoses. And once they're ruled out, then the symptoms may be attributed to long COVID. So much of the workup around evaluating this uh, would evaluate you for any underlying diseases. And mostly those things are what we consider autoimmune diseases that may behave like these symptoms of long COVID, but also ruling out other common illnesses like diabetes or thyroid dysfunction or, or iron deficiency. So all of those things are important that we would rule those out before we would settle on the diagnosis of long COVID. Um, So Dr. Kim, let's talk about treatment for long COVID. Is there anything out there available? Not unlike COVID itself, that doesn't have a true treatment um, for the actual virus. There's also no treatment for long COVID. We tend to manage your symptoms. By managing your symptoms, we ideally can make your experience of long COVID a little less severe. The symptoms affect people differently. So some can function and carry out the normal activity and some are unable to do things such as work or school. And so that's the reason why this is such an important topic is because you have a spectrum of people um, who develop long COVID symptoms. And so we've got to be discussing how we manage those, those people in their everyday life when long COVID symptoms can alter their day-to-day life. Does the vaccine help Dr. Jasmine? 
that's really important to discuss, especially because of all the immunization initiatives that have been put in place over the last nine months or so to try to get the American population vaccinated against COVID so that uh, the initial infection doesn't even occur and we won't really have to get into the details of long COVID because hopefully it will prevent the initial infection anyway. But there have been surveys out there um, of patients that have had long COVID syndrome that subsequently have been vaccinated and did mention that they have some improvement in their symptoms. I'm not sure if that has been fully um, researched at this time, and I'm sure there uh, are ongoing research uh, studies to really look at that to see how uh, how much of an effect vaccination has on those that have uh, long COVID. So I think that'll be something to stay tuned in. As you know, those are uh, everything related to COVID um, is really being researched as this is a new disease. And so we're learning as we go. But uh, I will take this time to really encourage those that uh, haven't been vaccinated to consider getting vaccinated uh, to prevent COVID in the first place, because then long COVID syndrome would be less of a of a topic at that point. Yeah, I also want to just talk about other clinical manifestations that can happen after someone is infected with COVID-19. Um, there has been reported this multi-system inflammatory syndrome which is a rare syndrome. It's often called MIS. Um, and it's been mostly reported in children. So then they would classify that as MISC. So you may have heard of that um, kind of circulating around in the media. So this is an extremely rare syndrome, can occur in children, can cause them to be severely ill. And usually it develops like four to six weeks after an acute COVID infection, sometimes the individuals who had COVID were actually asymptomatic with COVID. And those individuals with MISC can be extremely ill and require ICU care and ventilatory support. Again, the treatment for this disease is is supportive, um, but the survival rate of someone that develops um, multi-system inflammatory syndrome is really very low. So that's something that we would like to prevent if at all possible. Uh, and again, so just circling back to what Dr. Jasmine said, you know, being vaccinated against COVID um, should prevent you, prevent most of the COVID-19 infections that would be occurring. What are other ways to support people with long COVID or other post-COVID conditions? So one, one great way is to check the CDC website. They're constantly putting up new information as things become clearer when it comes to COVID-19. The thing is, though, with the CDC that a lot of people tend to question is that recently there seems to be some back and forth between the CDC and the WHO and whatnot. But the CDC is a very um, accurate um, place to find information. I would highly recommend that you check out the CDC website to get more information. Um, The second thing is to just listen with some compassion. Um, Acknowledge what people are saying about their symptoms and um, validate those things. And that's one great way to support is to not think, oh, you're just being lazy because you had COVID, you don't want to go back to work. Some people are really exhausted after doing very little work. And we call that post-exertional fatigue or malaise. 
And that's a legitimate concern after COVID, especially for those who were hospitalized, especially for those who were on ventilators for a period of time. It takes months for those people to get their energy level back to the point where they can do normal things in their day. Um, another great way to support people is start the conversation. If you got a friend who's had COVID and you're listening to this podcast, share the podcast with them, talk about it afterwards, explain to them that it's not unusual for them to have these symptoms. This is something that's being reported. As Dr. Jasmine mentioned before, we don't know how often this happens, largely because a lot of people won't call their doctors when they have a symptom that seems relatively straightforward. If they're just tired, a lot of people don't call their doctors to say that they're just tired. Um, and so when that happens, um, we don't get that information. We don't have that data. So whatever data we come up with or that we um, publish ultimately on the incidence of post-COVID symptoms or post-COVID conditions will likely be largely too small for what we're actually seeing in real life because people don't report this to their doctors. And so um, when you talk to friends who've had COVID, you know, ask them how they're doing, honestly, especially your close friends, start the conversation. And if there's anything strange or unusual that they didn't have before COVID that now they're dealing with, um, recommend that they go see their doctor in order to um, get this looked into a little bit more. Um, Again, if there are people, especially our older population, um, the people over 60 have a, a little bit of a higher risk, we found, of having post-COVID symptoms. Their post-COVID symptoms tend to be more along the mental fog type thing where they're having difficulty um, with uh, concentrating. Um, this can be very difficult for a person who's over 60 who lives alone. And so if you can provide any kind of physical assistance with a neighbor or something like that, then definitely be of help. Um, we've, we've had to learn with COVID, you know, how to live and work as a community, even when we're isolated. And so um, that's one way to help out your community is just seek out those people who may be struggling a little bit um, to get by from day to day and need that kind of assistance. And so we definitely need to, um, to look into those types, types of things at this point in order to help one another. Also, as mentioned previously, um, COVID can have many long-term effects. So the best way to prevent post-COVID conditions and post-COVID infection is some of the things that we've already mentioned, and they've really been broadcasting since um, early in the pandemic, which include masking, social distancing, and getting vaccinated uh, right away. The COVID vaccines are safe and effective, and they prevent severe COVID illness and death. So to find a vaccination site, please go to vaccines.gov. And you can enter your zip code to find a site that's closest to you. Any questions or things that you have related to COVID vaccines and uh, COVID infection uh, are readily available on the Internet as well from reputable sources, I will say, like the CDC. And, um, you know, you can also ask your medical provider to provide additional insight if you have questions. So definitely take a look into that and consider it strongly. Thanks so much for listening to this episode about long COVID. Continue to listen to future episodes on your preferred podcast streaming platform. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Until next time. The music on the Doctors Washington podcast is by artist Mike Burton. He's a Jackson, Mississippi native, 
on his album, Soulful, and the track is entitled All Right. It is available on iTunes. I believe that it's going- 